0: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve.
1: It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
2: Adidas. Can you dig it, dig it, sucker, sucker?
3: everyone and welcome to another episode of on the turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com thank you for joining us the music of booker t bringing us into our first segment this week always great to say hello to my co-hosts walshy and lyle good boys very good day tony how are you excellent thank you buddy how are you oh, i'm as
4: good as can be in this crazy world that we're living the in at the crazy moment. Crazy
3: world, Lyle. Uh, you're nice and secluded up there in uh, Werribee.
0: Uh, yeah, mate. Uh, away from all the the drama going on outside in the in the real world, I guess. So uh, yeah, best to stay home for a while, I think. Yeah, you
3: you couldn't write the story, could you? The way it's all heading.
0: Well, not for one year. You know, and what, what are we? Six months into it. Yeah, and, um, we're not even halfway through uh, yet. Yeah. Yeah, 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 five months into it, just. Um, that's oh, yeah, it's,
4: it's crazy. It's do we think the human race races uh, jump the shark a bit? And we should just be cancelled.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm. You know, maybe a couple of months' at time, or by the end of the year, and it's a uh, uh, there's a big asteroid heading our way, and maybe it's time to maybe not fight it like all the movies do. Just just let see what happens. Give us, give someone else a go. Obviously, yeah. we're not doing a good enough job.
3: As long as it's an asteroid, not a hemorrhoid, they're painful, those things.
0: You Still come out hemorrhoid. of the same black you're, hole, you're, though.
4: You, you are a hemorrhoid, Tony.
3: Uh, great show last week with head hunter Rig.
0: He's a good dude. Yeah, re- really good dude. Just genuine knockabout bloke. Um, yeah, it's uh, his uh, most recent podcast is also good, too.
3: I even got a Twitter follow from him, which I was surprised about. Yeah, I didn't.
0: Oh, well, we don't have blue ticks like you, Tony, I guess.
3: Yeah, that's true. Good point. Maybe you will invite
4: you to come on his show, Tony.
0: Maybe he
3: might. Yeah, when he's desperate. There's plenty we could talk about, I'm sure. Well, let's see if you can get his name right. <laughs> All right, time to introduce <laughs> our first guest. Our guest tonight is Victoria's Premier, Wrestling trainer, Dan Andrews. Sorry, Jay Andrews. <laughs> You're
0: a dickhead. Oh, God. Freaking hell, Tony.
3: I think the Premier thing got me. Uh, sorry. Jay. sorry, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, good, guys. Yeah, Yourself? That's okay. I'll forgive you, Tony. I know you. it's part of your deal, so that's all good.
4: Yeah, he's an imbecile. the <laughs>
1: deal. Yeah. Mate, how's, um, our, how's lockdown treating you? Oh, yeah, just like everybody else. It, um, when it When it all kicked in for me, I... It was kind of wasn't a big change of pace. I think I'm either at home or doing something wrestling, so it just gave me an excuse to stay home more, which has been good, actually, to be honest with you. It's been good to sort of spend some home time, which is pretty, pretty rare in the last few years for me.
4: It must have got to the point now, though, where you're um, starting to investigate what you can do um, training-wise uh, once these restrictions start to ease a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we have. Um, obviously, you know, the wheels turn. We'd already sort of planned to do some online stuff like people had done. This sort of escalated that. And then sort of as it's a very fluid situation, as you guys know. Um, so, you know, the date is the 22nd for gyms to open up, which is what most training schools classify as, or I would say all legally. Um, and, you know, there's there's provided that there's no second spike, that is. And then, you know, we've talked about... Um, our, our policies that we're going to have in place around cleaning and um, temperature checks and all those types of things and obviously there's social distancing the rules that we've got to apply to so yeah look I think it's a good thing because uh, you know rust, ring rust is a is definitely a thing and for those people that are uh, not seasoned wrestlers and sort of just started it's going to be like a big shock to them when they come back um, just taking that first bump or roll or starting to move again, and, and for wrestlers that even season that have been off for this long, you know, there's nothing that really sort of prepares you for that. So I think it's good to sort of start with the basics because we're kind of forced to um, and sort of ease back in that way. So that's kind of what we're looking at at this point. It
4: can be a good learning tool as well for when uh, in, inevitably, as a wrestler, injuries come and you've got to return to the ring. It can be used as a teaching tool about taking it slowly when you start taking those first few bumps after an injury
1: or something. Yeah, sure. Um I, I have this funny thing about injuries and and situations. Like one thing we talk about a lot of the time and I say to the to the members at the academy is you can't help when you get injured or you get hurt. All you can really do is choose what you do with the time. And I think for me, particularly when I was, you know, a wrestler like eons ago, at this that's what it feels like right now, um, I got I broke my arm. Um when I was wrestling for PWA and it forced me to go outside the ring. Uh, And it taught me a lot about how to, you know, what my character was and what I, what I could get out of that without that injury or that, that chance, I wouldn't have probably done it. So the cool, the upside to this situation is that it's like the whole world's injured and we've all got to, you know, we're all forced to do something that's, not quite the status quo for us and it, it it makes us work outside our comfort zone and I truly believe when you're trying to do you know anything in life that when you work outside your comfort zone you generally do your best work or find out more, more about yourself so yeah I think injuries is the same thing you know when you're injured that's it sort of forces you to go and do stuff that you wouldn't normally do and it's scary as hell but you always find you sort of ascend to that next level or you break that, you know, you break that ice and you get to the next thing and it's kinda of like, I wish I'd have done this sooner, but I was forced into this situation. So it's yeah, that's that's the way I see it. And I think that's the way most of most of our people are seeing it at this point. So it's been a good good time, I think.
0: And when the uh the Academy opens up, uh what's the scheduling gonna look like? Obviously experienced wrestlers are gonna wanna, you know, get their bodies ready for the bumps, get ready to in ring action and you've still got uh, the inexperienced guys wanting to, um, you know, get into class as well. So how's that going to all work?
1: Well, you know, like I said, there's kind of like a limited a limited amount of stuff we'll be able to do based off what the restrictions are. Um, and, you know, rightly so, just to keep everybody safe um, and make sure. Because the worst thing that could happen is there could be an outbreak, not only at the school, but across the world. And then it stops everything again. And we've got to settle down and, and get stuff done. So. You look the schedule we're looking at is maybe sort of blend we already have a level system that we use um and sort of blending maybe the beginner and intermediate levels together and the advanced and intermediate and sort of working through the drills and 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 bumps and rolls and the tumbling and the conditioning and getting that conditioning back so that when we're allowed to actually touch each other so to speak you know um, uh, that we can actually sort of be already moving and 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 doing things so we don't have to. Worry too much. So, yeah, it's it's it's. Look, it's hard to say to hundred percent because you just don't know what's going to happen. But at this point, it's we're kind of taking it a month at a time. And uh, yeah, uh, I I, I'm not sure what the demand's going to be like. To be honest with you, Um, if people are going to be roaring to come back, or they or they're going to take it cautiously, because I think it's sort of a situation where you know if you've got loved ones or people close to you that are in a high risk category, you may not want to risk it early on either. So. We'll just play it as it comes. We'll, we'll, we'll offer a bit of stuff. And if the demand calls for it, we'll, we'll, we'll move and change as we need to. Yeah, I'm hoping that people are raring to get back and, and do some physical stuff. Um, but, the cool, like I said before, the cool thing about this time is it's actually highlighted the non-physical stuff, how important that is, and it's given people a real opportunity to double down on that stuff, which I feel in modern wrestling is something that um, is not as focused on as what is is what it should be not that I'm trying to sound like an old school guy but you know it's it's not as focused on or highlighted as it should be and it's really the secret sauce to being a um a professional wrestler that stands out above the pack
4: yeah there's the things like ring psychology and your character um, it's for especially for a young wrestler it's often the last thing they think of and as you're saying it's a it's been a fantastic time for people to reflect on what they want to be and what they want to stand for and, and, and work on that sort of stuff.
1: Yes. It's, you know, we, uh, I've obviously had a lot of time to think about pro wrestling and, and the different stages of what it's like to go through each stage of your, of your growth, you know, um, in professional wrestling. Um, the seemingly the cool part about pressure noise is it's sort of like not only is it an ep- episodic show that lasts forever shows the character evolution from the point that you're born to the point that you die. It never ends. You know, it's, it's always changing um, as a trainer, as a trainee or, or, a mem- you know, somebody that's learning, it's the same thing. So that them understanding who they are and what they believe in, not only as a person, but as a character is very important because without that belief structure, and an understanding of what they would do in a certain situation against somebody else, in somebody, some other character in a certain situation, really defines what physically you do. And I think, you know, that's, that's the big, when, when, you, when you start training people, um, it's very easy for them to see the physicality because it's, it's very visual. But the stuff that they, as a fan, that you feel instinctively when you watch a show, that you can't necessarily verbalize, that's, that's the stuff that is, is difficult um, to, to learn. And you've sort of got to go with your gut. And I hope you guys, I'm, I'm kind of going very spiritual when it comes to wrestling here and it's kind of <laughs> weird. But, but I mean, you guys know yourself, when you see something that's really special in the ring, uh, sometimes, unless you're really articulate and you can verbalize your feelings, but most of us males are, are really dumb and we can't do that. We feel it and we just go, that was so cool, but I kind of don't know why. And that's really the, if you can understand how to pick that apart and, 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 and craft that into something and control that in people, that's the art of pro wrestling. Without, without that, you're not really a pro wrestler. You know, that's, that's kind of, you know, I guess what I talked about when I said secret sauce. That's really the, uh, the, the tangible, you know.
4: Well, how valuable do you think it's been for the trainees to have been at the school working with Dowie James while he's gone through? this huge transformation in his character at the same time?
1: Uh, Look, I think, I think the good thing about MCW, you know, um, is I feel like we've always tried to, you know, we've always tried to mix both. Like I come from, I come from the, you know, Chris and I obviously work together very closely, Chris Fresh and I, and and Mikey in, in different ways. And Chris, Chris comes from a very character based, you know, uh, 80s style sort of, and even sort of 90s style wrestling. And I come, I I was of that a generation. I was from the PCW, PWA, pro wrestling. This is wrestling. You know, this is real. You know, and what we, I think what we've worked out when we started working together was the real, the real secret to this is both. You've got to be able to do both at the same time. And I think MCW's done a really good, um, i've done that really well over the last few years, being able to tell really good stories and have really great wrestling and at the same time and when you hit them both at the same time perfectly, I think it's really it really is magical um and I think with dowie um he 's a prime case of somebody that 's you know he even he, he and I obviously have a long history together but he 's a prime case of somebody that 's um has the ability but knows how to put it across in an emotional way where it 's believable not not just from a physical point of view, but you actually believe that he believes in what he's doing. And that, and that really transcends all the physical and everything and in the audience through the lens, everything you, you, you kind of get who he is. And I think the training is coming along and, and the members coming along now and seeing that in, you know, in even in um, there's times where I've seen that in, in um, juicy, Gino Gambino, Robbie, you know, all types of, the, all, all the, I think they they really understand that if you want to be, be at that tippy top. You've got to have that. You know, people call it X factor. You've got to have that. Um, you've got to have that ability to be able to transcend uh, and hit people emotionally. Um, so yeah, I think it's very valuable. I think it's. I think it's. It's no better time in in wrestling right now to be someone that's training, because Australian wrestling really hasn't been any better on that level uh, of of getting the mix right in a long time, since. The early days, you would probably say, um, yeah.
0: And what was the what was the transition like from uh, being an in ring talent um, to becoming part of the management and then a head trainer and stuff like that? Was that an easy transition for yourself? You
1: uh, prefer? Well, I guess like me mentally or just yeah, like yeah, I think it was, yeah, like well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll answer that in a couple of different ways. Um, for me mentally, it was pretty easy. I think I I. I I, I think I was always, I always enjoyed, it this is going to sound really weird. I always enjoyed training and working a lot more than I enjoyed performance, if that makes sense. I do enjoy, I do enjoy performance. And I think I, Lyle understands I'm,
0: completely. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I was the same with football. I love the training and the camaraderie aspect, but come game day, I absolutely hated it yeah. for 20 years.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I kind of get it. Like, I, I, I think there is, I'm not saying I'm not an, I think I'm a natural performer in a lot of ways, but I kind of enjoyed the, 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 under, trying to understand the art more than I enjoyed performing the art itself and then watching it and then trying to deconstruct it. So I think mentally it was pretty easy for me. And I was at a point where I'd done a lot of stupid stuff as, as we did in the 2000s as wrestlers, you know, we did a lot of dumb stuff. Um, and I'd probably got to the point where I was too hurt to, you know, I was at a crossroads. I probably could have kept going. I probably could have made myself healthier. But at the same time, I saw an opportunity where, you know, where Chris had spoken to me and and said, you know, a lot of these guys respect you and and understand you and you have a good rapport. And, you know, we need your help to manifest these stories and put some wrestling sensibility to it and help the guys and girls understand what we want and then sort of speak their language, which, you know, I, I, th- I thought I did pretty, pretty well. And I still continue to this day. Um, and I don't, I don't take credit for what they do, but I, I help them. I always said to people, I'm not, a, I'm a salt and pepper guy. You know, you got a bland steak. I can, I can make it taste good. You know, so that's, it's been a pretty easy transition for me because, because of that reason mentally. But on the other side, it's, um it's, it's challenging because before me, I don't really know of anyone in Australian wrestling. Maybe it's a little, hoop to, um, but I don't know of anybody else in Australian wrestling that did this job. Um, um, and, and and I was I, I was very conscious of that and I wanted to make it valuable and meaningful. So it was a challenge. It was just another challenge. I like challenges. So that was another challenge. And then the opportunity came along to do the academy and that was another challenge. And now, it, like for me, again, we're looking at the next thing, you know. Um, and it's it's just a, a one to the next to the next to the next, I guess. So it was fun. I actually enjoy being against the wall a little bit.
3: So, Jay, when you train these guys, are you working more on their persona and their ring craft or are you an overall trainer? Do you work on their fitness? Do you work on all that sort of stuff?
1: I um, oversee the whole curriculum, I guess. Um, for me, uh, I would say that when it comes to what I focus on different to Dowie, to, to Cracker Jack, to Miami is, uh, I mean, credibility is really important to me. I, I guess I have that little bit of an old school streak. so. I want to make sure everything they do looks real and looks legitimate and they understand how to, how to do that. Um, that there's no holes in their game. And then from a performance aspect, I want to make sure they understand that when you're, when the bell rings or when you walk out that curtain, every movement you make and every step you take leads to the legacy that you're going to forge of who you are inside that ring from day one to the end. So, you know, and it's something that we talk about a lot at the moment, so I really work on, in, in essence, to me, there's, you know, conditioning, character, um, there's performance, and then mm-hmm. selling yourself. That's really what, that's the kind of the four aspects. And for me, I'm trying, what I generally work on with them is the, the, the character, the, the Cracker Jack really does a lot of work with them, with character and understanding of, of, of that. And the performance side, and merging the two together. So, who are you in the ring? How do you how do you map your moveset? How do you how do you you know? Have you guys been watching the Undertaker documentary? You know, mm. like he talks about. It's a perfect example because he talks about I can do a lot of stuff, but I did what I did because it made me the Undertaker, and I think that that's very important. So it's about merging those two together and making them understand that making everything not not getting more out of less. I like to say. um, Less, uh, well, sorry, less is more a lot of people say. I like to say get more out of less. So everything you do has got to tell a story and, and um, push it into people's face so they get who you are, you know. So that's kind of what I work on more uh, at the academy than anything else. Have
3: there been any young kids that have come through the academy that have tried to portray themselves as somebody but yep. then all of a sudden you've just looked at him. and we, we mentioned a similar thing to The Undertaker, but you've just looked at him and thought, no, hang on, you're not that, this is you.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think people have a, have a conception of what they want to be um, and that's good and, that's, and, and, that's, and I understand that. Um, but sometimes it's not who you are um, or it's not naturally what fits to you. And I think when you first get into business, Um, it's easier if you can live off life experience a little to feed who you are. So you can really, because if you can feel it, they're going to feel it too. If you Mm -hmm. believe it, they're going to believe it. People are going to believe it too. So sometimes you'll see someone come in and, you know, let's, let's say trying to be a aggressive heel, but you can see the doubt in the way that they move and the way that they do things. So I'm not going to force anyone to do anything, but I'll mention it to them. I think this, and let's try it out. So I think the cool, the cool part about training um, and the cool part about the way we do things is we and we have promo class and lots of different things and and we do you know like I guess practice matches if you would say you can road test and, and you can road test these things and sort of take them to market half beta test it and then see how it feels for you and see how it feels for them so yeah definitely want to ch- the whole thing um, you know we say you never lose you either win or you learn that that means that's truly how we do things I want to and, and if everyone understands it comes in, we want to challenge them um, to push themselves outside their comfort zone. Because like we said at the start, most of the time that leads to brilliance and growth. And they've got to come in with a mindset that this isn't going to be easy on a lot of levels. And wrestling really is not, when you're learning, is not wrestling itself. It's really wrestling yourself to, to find what's, what works for you. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's not necessarily what you think it is, because I want to be the undertaker. Well, you're not six foot. You're not him. You're not Mark Calloway. You're you. are you. The only tangible quality you have in wrestling is one thing, that you are you. No one is you. So stop trying to be somebody else. Be the best you you can be, however, whatever that manifests to, but there's only one you, and that's what makes you special. Don't take that away. So that's kind of the thing that we really talk about.
4: Yeah. The academy is quite – the way you put it together it was quite an ambitious project at the start. Um, how many people told you you were crazy when you were
1: explaining your vision? I, this is going to sound really egotistical. I don't know because I didn't listen. Good. <laughs> 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 right answer. Right, well, to be honest with you, you know, like, I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't say I didn't listen. I, I wouldn't, I, I would have said I heard it, but if I was, I knew it would work. I'd, I'd, I'd had the concept. I mean, I'd obviously go back to training, you know, I was training the wrestlers for PWA, you know, so I, I, I knew, I knew what worked and I knew what didn't work. And I knew the old guard, I knew what it was like. I was trained by George and Kurt Von Schneider, who, you know, Tony would be very familiar with Kurt. And I don't know if you guys know him, but very old school guys that would, you know, back when George was very healthy and he would stretch you out. So I know what it's like back then, you know, like it, you know, he, and he's a smart dude when it comes to holds. Like I learned so much off, off George fundamentally that that no one doesn't really teach anymore because that that shoot style, you know, catches catch can. George knew a lot of holds back then, and 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 he would show you things that you just couldn't even dream of. Um, but I guess I knew that I, I trained at PCW, I, I I trained at PWA, I I'd done a lot of things in between, so I kind of felt like I had a good grasp on what needed to be done to sort of change the landscape. Um, and I was pretty confident in what I'd put together and the thought i I was sort of in the conception of it with, for two years, really just writing down, you know, from writing down budgets and P financially to, 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 curriculums. So I was pretty, I was pretty confident to launch it. Um, and I did it in the space of like, I'm going to try this and if, if it fails, I can still pay for it. And it's not going to cripple me financially. So, if it fails, i'll just i mean I'll take the lease out, and if it fails, we'll just walk away i mean, but if I didn't do it i I don't think I would always wonder what it was like, so I kind of didn't listen to those people i I sort of just went i knew i i knew I knew what we can do, and I knew who we who we had with with crackers and and um Dowie and there's a few other people that I'd talked to, and I was pretty sure that it was going to be a success, and it was a good timing rest. I, I won't take it away. Timing was perfect because I feel like m c w at the time and what we were doing was probably as hot as it could, as as it was so it was a good time to to launch it particularly when progress um was here and that's kind of when we sort of announced it and it was it sort of helped you know a bit in the beginning that's for sure
4: you've described yourself as old school a couple of times in the yeah, in guess. this interview already but um what i like about the academy is how um progressive it is having like social media training and having crackerjack doing the promo training and stuff like that um, how important was it for you to get the right people into the right roles?
1: I, one thing I'm a firm believer of still to this day, which I think we, we've, we haven't figured this out yet, that the only way that Australian wrestling is going to ascend to the next level is that if, if we have people who have a skill set at something work together to, to create a machine that is able to, to take it to the next level. So I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. I know who's better than me at something. So I look at someone like Crackerjack and go, I can't think of anybody else better to teach that. So to me, it's a no-brainer. I have a good relationship with him. But it was was more about me, me recognising, when we put the mission statement together for the academy, part of it, like the mission statement itself sort of says it all. It's about, you know, I guess the parent company is the one that says it all. It's about bringing people together um, for a common goal um, to, to, you know make the business transcend itself and for for, for the academy it's more around making people be uh, encouraging people to be the best they can be at what they want to do so it kind of fits hand in hand and, and I really believe in language like that so it was about trying to put those pieces together um, and the people we have involved uh, whether it's Miami whether it's Dowie whether it's Crackerjack whether it's you know um, Rowan Street doing social media stuff they're all the best people that can do that job and I think it's very narrow-minded of Australian wrestling. And I guess it's not a criticism. It's just a reality that we can think that any one person can do this by themselves. Because I feel like we've got as far as we can get um, right now under one person's banner and that we need to sort of rally the troops and push it up. So it was very much around that structure. It was very important to me.
0: And how important is... Uh... You regularly have uh, seminars with international talent that ca- come in, some big names in the industry. How important is that to get the different aspects and different viewpoints from, uh, for their experiences?
1: It's actually been really cool. We've been very fortunate. I mean, obviously, working with you know, Mikey and, and, and the work that he's done to develop those relationships with those people and bring them over, um, and to have them in and um, to, to, to view their experience. It's kind of important on two levels. One, I'm a firm believer. Like I said before, having different people, no one's got no one's got a monopoly on wrestling in the sense of what's right and what's wrong. To a degree, at that level, you know they're going to teach something similar but in a different way, and they're going to bring a different viewpoint on it. And if their viewpoint, uh, I mean, I could tell them something a hundred times, they're not going to get it. But you know, Will Osprey could come in and they tells them once, and then they it's there. You know what I mean? So the benefit, the the benefit of that, not just only. That they could bring in their unique style and their unique training methods or they just whatever they bring, you know, uh, uh, the, there's a massive benefit and upside to the, to the members there. But the other, the other benefit I've found, I mean, that we've had, you know, WWE down there, we've had a few things happen, right. You know, and it's very validating that the training that we're doing is, and and honestly, it's, it's world-class, like the stuff that they're doing the stuff when people come out and do seminars, it's not really much different to what we do. So. It's been very validating for the trainers and the staff and myself to go we're we're on the right path here um even even the from a psychology point of view and the way we teach match psychology um you know the structure of a match things like that um it's it's all the same and we're saying when we're using the same language so we're really it's really reinvalidating for us as well as beneficial for the for the students but also i can't i can't ignore the upside from a marketing point of view as well like having those people there is you know it gets people excited um which, which is also important yeah yep yeah.
4: uh, are you two asking a question or yeah
0: no i was going oh, to sorry
3: go for it uh my question was going to be around uh, so uh, you're, the analogy of you as a trainer would also probably work to you as a coach as well. You are, And, and what the, by that, what I mean is obviously in football teams and the like, there's so many different personalities to deal with that you need to talk to each individual in a different way. And I've loved listening to Malcolm Blight talk about the way that he headed that Geelong team with Gary Ablett and different... Is wrestling exactly the same? And I assume probably wrestling's even more so like that. There's so many different personalities and people living their personas that it must be really tough being a coach and working out who's who and, and and the right way to speak to each one of them, or you just direct straight down the line. This is me. That's the way it is. (laughs) No, that would
1: be pretty dumb. I I I don't think I'd have, I'm hoping I have a good reputation in the business. Um, And I don't think that I have a bad rapport with a lot of people, which I feel has definitely come from what you're talking about. Tony, I think, you know, I, I kind of feel like, like when you when you talk about coach, it's it's really it's it's kind of both. You've got to learn how to how to pat bums and slap heads at the same time. And sometimes you've got to push people when they don't like it. But hopefully, you've patted their bum enough and made them feel comfortable and trust you that they they don't hate you for it. And I think to, I think that's that's the secret. And yeah, I think there's definitely times. From a training point of view, that that you need to do that. I feel more so as an agent or a producer of a match, um, getting people on the same page sometimes can be very difficult, um, and trying to make them understand the common goal can be can be challenging. Um, I found more more to be more challenging in that in that in that sense, um, um, particularly when things are riding high or people are really passionate about something that they're doing or who they are. Um, it, it, I think sometimes. You know, for lack of a better term, we all as performers are very, you know, uh, protective of who we are. And we kind of work ourselves into a shoot a little bit. Um, and sometimes getting people out of that zone and and trying to get them to understand the, the level playing field. And that that's going to bring everybody up. Um, I kind of feel like that's pretty much my role in MCW as a, as a producer. Um, I, as a coach or a trainer at the MCW Academy. I just try and build personal relationships with some of these people as as much as I can to understand. When I say that, I don't mean that I'll go out for coffee with them. I mean more that I understand who they are as a person, how they learn, how they feel when they're frustrated so that I can pull them aside and sort of have those conversations and and them trust in me. And I encourage all our trainers to do that because some of the relationships that I have with certain individuals suit me as a person. And some of the intervi- and some of the relationships that Miami and Dowie and Crackers have suit them as an individual. So again, it's not something I can do myself because human nature. I'm I'm not going to have that rapport with everybody. I try my best, but having other people there that have those different personalities, um, I think we cover all bases really well. Um, so yeah, I, I think like it's definitely has to be used on lots of different levels in wrestling because a lot of people think this is an individual sport. Yeah, correct. And it's really not. It's it's not at all. Um,
3: <laughs> no, no, it's it's, it's um, a big team, isn't it? Even oh,
1: a singles
4: match is a teamwork.
1: It is, man. You've got someone's life in your hands, but also you've got someone's future in your hands, as far as who they are and what they want to do in the business. And you know, like any good business partnership, you, it's a win, it's got to be a win win in some fu- in some form. Well, actually, it's got to be win win win. You know, like well, in lots of win. You, there's a hierarchy, and we've put it up on social media that we truly believe in that you know, and, and usually at the bottom of that hierarchy is you, you know, you've because it, you're always going to put yourself first most of the time. So you need to think about the scene, the promotion, the show, where you are on the card, and then your opponent, and then yourself. And then if everything lines up, you know you're pointing in the right direction because if what you're doing and your opponent do wrecks the show, then it's not really the right thing to do. If it wrecks the scene or does the wrong thing by the scene and it brings the scene down, it's not really the right thing to do. And if it hurts wrestling, then really shame on you. You know, like... That's you know. So I think, yeah, getting that mix right um, is is definitely challenging sometimes.
4: And if your opponent doesn't look good, who have you beaten?
1: That's absolutely right, man. Like it's it's a contest and it's a story, and you've got to you've got to um, do the right thing.
4: Um, We've started to get a taste of some of the original students, the guys who had no wrestling experience when they first got to you. A few of them have started to have a couple of matches and look quite promising. Um, oh. What's it like when you see someone like Ant Cavar and Tony Villani get into the ring for the first time and, and the crowd get into them?
1: Um, I kind of want to use the right terminology here because I don't want people to think that I don't care. <laughs> I do care, <laughs> but I don't want to take credit for it. Like I don't no. like, I don't want to use the word proud because I feel like there's a, for me there's a connotation that comes along with that, that I had something that I had more of to do with it than they did. I think, at the end of the day, I can say whatever I want want to them, or any of us can. But they've got to listen, and I and I and I'm happy that they listened and challenged themselves and worked really hard to to push themselves. Because we're not easy on them in a lot of different ways, Um, not just physically, but mentally. It's very difficult sometimes to have those difficult conversations with them to try and break through to the next you know barrier that we need to get to. I'm proud that they that I'm proud that they test are willing to test themselves I'm proud of them as people more than I am of as, as pro wrestlers um, uh, to me their success and them and, and you guys standing up and noticing them is a testament to their commitment, which to me they should be proud of, not me um, uh, but it's but look to level with you it's really great to see that i mean I'm very proud of Velani and Kaver and. And, you know, Kelly uh, and lots of other people that are associated with us. Even the work I even the work I did with, you know, Indy and and Tom and Stevie and 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 guys like that and you know that I've done with people like Selects. and and you know, I I I have a great enjoyment out of that. And it kind of extends to when, when you're a producer or a or an agent, you know, and you give a suggestion or you or you try and take the match in a certain direction or you get people on the same playing field and they go out and kill it, there's a sense where you're like You've done your job, so there's a sense of accomplishment there, um, for sure. But I, I'm not going to take credit for what any of those guys and girls do because um, they're they're the ones out there doing the hard work.
0: Yeah, uh, good was, answer. Yeah, I was going to I was going to bring up Indian Sexton being on WWE TV, sure. and obviously we got uh, Brooksy, Kelly and Slex yep. going to Ring of Honor whenever the world opens up again. Um, Seeing those guys go to the the top of their profession, what's that like? Uh, I know you, you're not going to take credit for it and stuff like that, but uh, I, just I seeing mean, that I, kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of those people are my friends, you know. Like particularly Sexton and I've known I've known Slex for a long time, like a long time. And Sexton, it was the the best man at my wedding. Like a lot of people don't, I probably maybe may not even know how close we are. and We keep it very down low, um, but. You know, well, you
4: keep kicking him out. You keep kicking him out of your house.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you right now that that trophy life is really a shoot. Um, he really I've been really told ar- that by a few people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that relationship is pretty much our relationship in a lot of ways. Um, just hyped up a, a fair bit more. But uh, now look, like, I knew if you when you meet him for the first time, you know that he's special. Not just because he's tall but he, he has a great personality. He's got a great work ethic um, and he's a driven guy, you know, so I, I can't be more proud of him. And I, I'm, it's great that he's getting the opportunities getting because of, you know, it's, a, it's an upside, I guess, of of the very little that COVID has given to, to, to that roster. You know, he's been able to get out there and do some cool stuff. Um, you know, as far as Indy goes, you know, like um, I remember when we, we brought her over to MCW and we started working with her and I had the opportunity to, work with her at the academy and, and just sort of point her in the right direction with a few things. But she had some really good trainers in Tessa Blanchard and, and people like that who sort of very similar to the way that I do things from an old school sense and believability and, you know, Indy's, Indy's doing really well. Um, you know, it's, and Slexo, you know, I've known Slex broke in when I broke in. So seeing his, him transcend, but also remembering when he left and having a conversations with him, um, you know, him and me sitting across the table talking about him coming back to wrestle Ocada, you know, that, that there's a sense there where I kind of go, well, if we didn't have those conversations, he may not be where he is today. So it's, 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 you know, he's a special talent. He always has been, he's, he's someone that I would argue would be the best in the country. Um, because of just the way he's able to do virtually nothing yet. You're captivated by him. He's a special talent. He's got a special, special gift. Um, And he works very hard and he's a driven guy. And, yeah, I I, I can't say enough good things about Slex. Um, But, you know, all all those guys that are moving – Kelly-Ann's another one. um, Done, You know, we've worked together a lot on a lot of different things. But it's all small stuff. Um, The cool part about it all is, is that for a long time, we had nothing to look forward to. and So I wouldn't say nothing. What we looked forward to was working that month or that weekend.
4: It's like playing local footy.
1: It, it is. And when you went out there, you would kill yourself because that's all you had. It's all you had. And I'm not saying that you do flaming tables or whatever every yeah, every show. you know we did a few a lot of dumb things in the 2000s, <laughs> which I'm sure a lot of the old timers cringed over, you know um, but I, I, you know I, I don't think I did a lot of stupid stuff, but I, I, I went, you get you wear your heart on your sleeve because you truly believe that that's the last time you're going to walk out there. Uh, and And that was it for you. you know it was it really was that weekend warrior syndrome. And it's cool now that, that, that there, is a, there is a chance that, that people can go and do something and, you know, make it a living outside of here. But, uh, but on the same token, I really hope that some of them stay to make this territory, for lack of a better term, the same as what it is outside of here where we can actually go and do this and live off, you know, our hard work and, and, and the business, so to speak, which is really, for me, a dream. And that may never come to fruition in my lifetime, but I'll definitely be working hard to make sure that that can happen Um, for for all of us because I really believe that we've got the talent, the skills, the the people with the knowledge that we can actually get there. It's feasible for all of us to get there at some point soon.
3: Now, the journalist in me had my ears pick up just a little bit uh, ago, so I've got to ask you the question because I just want to get clarification. Did you say that you believe that Australian wrestling is pretty much Gone as far as it can go at the moment, and certain things need to happen to take that next step. Is that what you were talking about before?
1: I believe that. I, 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 I guess let's let's put it into context because that sounds very narrow-minded, and I appreciate the way you've uh, you, you've said exactly what I said, and I'll put it into context because it could and, uh, be considered very if, if controversial. I
3: can, I can, if I can just put an adjunct to it, then what needs to happen? So, okay, good. yeah.
1: That's good. <laughs> so what I think needs, I guess I, I sort of put it together before. Uh, maybe it's not as far as it can go, but I but I feel like we're coming to a point where for us to get to the level that we need to get to to make a dream of mine, or I guess hopefully everybody who's in a sh- in, in a strain wrestling in this territory, a reality that we can actually create a business that we can live off um, without cutting other people's noses off to despite faces. and and we're going to have to work together in some form and double down on individual people's strength strengths to create a machine that can do it. I, I don't think we can do it. I don't think one person can do that. I I I think it's been tried. Uh, maybe if the 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 scene changed completely and, and everything that's going on changed completely. But as it currently is, I think for since since wrestling f- fell apart in you know in, in the seventies, you know, like early seventies, since then, everyone's been trying to do it individually and it's got better and better And, and, and because the, the landscapes change. But I really feel for it to be successful that a bunch of us who have that experience now from working through those times need to get together and, um, you know, double down on those strengths and, and take it to the next level. Um, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I really feel that's the secret to, to us getting where we want to be. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that someone can't do it individually if they build a great team, but it's still going to create, mean, a team, it's not one person, you know, um, that could be any company that exists today, but I really feel it can't be one person or one person's ideology. It's got to be a bunch of people working together for a common goal.
3: And I think the, the biggest problem with one person doing it is the fact that a lot of wrestlers here in Australia have seen one person try to do it and have either been burnt because of that or have you know, had had issues Due to that, so I think there need to be people that they trusted, and you're right. My my thoughts always been that we needed something like an Australian Wrestling Alliance, where companies keep their their individuality, MCW, PWA, all you know, all around the country, but they provide wrestlers to be the top of the tree, and then those wrestlers filter back down. So companies still perform under their own performance, but the the big names of those companies get together to wrestle for their company, on behalf of their company.
1: I, I think, yeah, to some de- to some degree, I, I think you're right. I, I, There's like an unspoken bond that exists around sort of MCW, PWA, EPW, Rampage, you know, the way we sort of work with each other. But you I know. think someone needs to formalise it. Is yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, someone needs to formalise that. Everyone understands the playing field and everyone understands their responsibilities and accountabilities and that they – you know, start start to deliver on that and sort of just just legitimize, you know, that that agreement. I guess, um, and, and maybe that's maybe that's it. I don't I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. I just think that change is imminent. And you guys kind of said like what we've done at the MCW Academy has kind of been that way. I, I feel like that's for me. I'm saying that because that's who I am as a person. I'm not trying to be controversial. I guess I'm just trying yeah. to say that I think that that's just need what needs to happen because. I'm always looking forward. And I think that's, to me, that's the next level of ascension. I'm not saying wrestling's not going to do great. No, no. Uh, I know what you're saying. But I don't think it can't be. I think it needs to figure out how it's going to ascend to the next level. I'm yeah, definitely. I'm that. Thank you. Thank you for asking the question. Oh, no, I know appreciate, I appreciate it. It's good.
3: Oh, I just didn't want anyone <laughs> to go away thinking, did he just say that that's it for wrestling? It's sort of out. It'll never <laughs> get any bigger. Because that's, that's sort of a little He doesn't believe bit, in the business. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know, like, yeah, I, I think you know I think I say that because I believe in it, you know, and I believe, and I truly believe in that hierarchy that that the that the, I love pro wrestling. like I love pro wrestling, and I say that with every fiber of my being, and I put it above I put it before myself and above everything, every decision that I make. So I just feel that if if wrestling's to succeed, the people who are making those decisions or any decisions need to put wrestling first. And to me, if they do that, I'm not saying they don't do that. I'm saying if everyone does that as a collective, then I think wrestling will benefit and everyone will benefit because of it. You know? And I think uh, sometimes we get wrapped up even as individuals and business people or whatever, we get wrapped up in our own shit. And I think to to pull ourselves out of that clarity, it's easy in wrestling because you just go, what's best for wrestling? Like I forget about my own bullshit. What's best for wrestling? I got to do that. And if this is, if what I'm thinking is, is not what's best for wrestling, then I need to can it and, and be better than that. So, yeah, I think that's – I guess that's what I'm saying. Yep. You know,
4: yep. It's definitely something that we discussed when we started the podcast is that the only reason we wanted to do this was to try and give something back to wrestling. And yep. I think the day that the, we thought we weren't contributing in any way, I think we pulled the pin as well.
1: I think and, – and, and it's okay to make mistakes. Sometimes you've got to course correct. You know, yeah. and I think, and, and, and you're going to make mistakes, you know, whether it's in the podcast or in the ring or as a business and you're going to go, I made a, that was a dumb decision and that was a selfish decision or that was this decision. But as long as you recognize that and move, like, I think, I think it's, it's good. And, you know, from, from my observation, you know, you guys are doing a, a great job and you're talking to lots of people and getting people's stories out there. And it's, it's definitely appreciated um, by lots of people. So you sh- it's a credit to you guys as well.
0: I appreciate that thank you and and that's with us making weekly mistakes well, that,
1: but that's life man dare to fail dare to fail you know it's you've got to do it that's the only way to learn you know it totally is
4: is there is there a chance of um, you ever getting back in the ring and if you were going to what what would it take who would it, who would it need to be against <sighs>
1: um uh, i get asked this question all the time by lots of different people um I need to get. I'd need to get fit, and I need to will myself to get fit to be in ring shape. Because if I came back in some feeling like crap, I would probably want to, you know, uh, do something really bad to myself after the match. Um, So, look, I don't. I'll never say no. I mean, but I am nowhere close to even entertaining the idea of stepping between those ropes and performing because I feel like. It would be a discredit to the scene as it currently is. Um, you know, uh, not that I probably couldn't hold up my end of the bargain from a character and performance point of view, but I, uh, there's no way I could go uh, to the level that the guys go to today, even in my own way, because I'm just not physically there to do it. I'm, 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 I'm. I'm not going to pretend that that's re- not reality. Um, but like, I wouldn't say never. And if the right opportunity presented itself, I would double down and put the hard work in that i needed to put in um but uh yeah it's not going to happen at a whim that's for sure
4: would it need to be uh just there's a, a story that really you think you'd need to tell or is it
1: yeah a, an yeah. opponent to work with and I, the it, story it would be it would, it would be something that i need to feel you know i need yeah. to because if i didn't feel it i don't think i could tell it right or i could or i'd feel invested because i think that would be the the thing that got me got me to the level where i can put in the commitment that I need to put in in a lot of different ways, mentally, physically, in order to get back and do it. So, you know, uh, I don't know that that could happen one day. Um, um, like, like you guys, the moment I felt like I wasn't feeling what was going on is the moment I decided that I wouldn't continue. You know what I mean? So that was part of the decision as well. Not that I didn't love wrestling. It's just that I didn't feel like I had anything left to tell at that point. So it was just an easy transition. But if that popped up again, and there was a story or, or an opponent or something that pushed the right buttons, I'm sure that I, I couldn't hold myself away, um, you know, um, because that in wrestling is, is a special moment that anyone who's, anyone who's gone in the ring and done a, done a match and felt that real true emotional connection with an audience and your opponent at the same time, it's like a drug, you, you, you search for that every time. Every time. When you don't get it, you get really upset. Um, And you can't get it every match. But um, if I felt like there was a chance to get it again um, with somebody, then I would probably pursue it.
3: A lot of uh, coaches, trainers draw their experience from guys that they've worked with and the like. And there would be a lot of logical names that I could bring up uh, and people from Melbourne and Sydney that you've probably worked with. But I want to talk about Hartley Jackson and how much you've drawn from him from the experiences that he's had, which are amazing. I would,
1: I would argue as far as, well, I don't think I'd have to argue it with most of the wrestling, um, you know, heads in Australia that, that Hartley Jackson is kind of responsible. Well, mostly responsible for the, the growth between that sort of dark time that we talked about. And now, yeah. I mean, he's, he's had his hand in everybody, you know, like, I mean, I wasn't probably as fortunate enough to train with him like, you know, EPW was or or Rampage, you know, back in the day, I guess we'd go back as far as joint promotions. Um, and, you know, when he trained with Cole and up through to, you know, EPW Adelaide and, and um, now Rampage, which are all the same company. Um, but he's responsible for... Um, Legitimizing and and creating the work ethic and people like the Davis Storms and and pretty much your entire EPW roster and all of those guys in Adelaide, which you know really trends. and then coming over to Melbourne and working for All Star and and sort of showing that new age, giving guys like me um, and Slex and 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 New Dowies and 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 all those sort of people from that era, um, Mike Burrs sort of showing us that. You know this is the new age, and this is what you have to sort of aspire to um I was very fortunate to do a lot a lot of work at jag when it was e p w adelaide um and see i mean i was there i mean Jonah reminded me not long ago um Bronson Reed for those people who don't know who he is um <laughs> that that uh I was there for his first match, and I gave him advice I didn't even remember you know um but I remember wrestling on those shows and seeing jonah and um, lots, and, and Sexton and lots of people like that for their first time. And it was really cool um, to go back and sort of re- remember that stuff and the effect that he's had on everybody. I really feel like he's, when you talk about a godfather of the modern style and the modern uh, worker, he, I couldn't really think of anyone more deserving of that moniker than him um, because he's affected every, every state that has a powerhouse of wrestling in in a, in a massive way, and then gone on to affect those people again. You know, you got Sexton and 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 Jonah go to WWE, and their coach is Hartley Jackson. It's like they've come full circle, you know, which is crazy, you know. Um, so, yeah, that guy. Um, I hope he does. well. I know he's chasing something. I hope he does well in Japan and he and he gets what he needs. But um, I'm hoping when he comes back that um, that he that he continues his service to Australian wrestling. If he doesn't, then. I don't think anyone should be upset because he's gave enough, um, but he, 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 yeah, I guess I put him over enough, but yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He's, he's someone to look up to, um, in this business in in Australia in particular.
4: And he can still go.
1: He can still go. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a bit saltier as you know, um, but (laughs) as we all are in our old, age. Well, yeah. Um, he's probably one of the saltiest people you'll ever meet, but, he, he cares a lot and he loves pro wrestling and, you know, otherwise he wouldn't be around still. And, yeah, he's he's a, good, he's a good guy to talk to and a good guy to pick your brain and a good guy to validate that you're on the right path too. He's a good measuring stick. Yep.
0: Now, there's a lot of uh, great Australian tag teams uh, over the sure. last few years. Hardway Inc. in their prime. Who who would you love to jump in the ring with that's around now, nowadays?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. Um I I feel uh, I don't I don't know if I can put I don't know if we could go like they go now like you know but uh, <laughs> you know they go like, don't they they go Uh but 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 I think what we were really good at was um you know it, if any opponents that that were you know white meat baby faces um we were really it, I think we enhanced I mean when you look at someone like your Lockie and your TD. I don't know if you guys sort of seen that you guys were watching MCW back then, but we were champions for a long time, Mike and I, um, and we were just salty assholes, and we treated those kids as such um, whenever <laughs> we could in public because it it really helped when they beat us, um, because the you know for two kids that had just broken the business, it was a really big reaction, um, and I don't think people saw it coming, so I think anyone at that point in our careers, particularly Mike and I, we, we talked about being very particular who we work with because we really wanted just to help people because, um, and I guess that, that, that was a, any good baby face that we could um, or, or set of baby faces that we could help enhance and help get over um, would, would be our ideal opponent. So, I mean, I always, always wish we had to work with lightning speed express or something like that, where we could sort of play off that narrative of us being the slow talentless assholes that pretend that they're good and the others actually that can go, you know, and sort of telling that story. So I always sort of wish we could have wrestled, wrestled those guys, but um, you know, there's velocities, there's plenty of, you know, baby face teams that you can think of where, where we would, ha- I think we would have good matches with. Um, and I think we brought something different to the table in the sense that we were slow, slower and more methodical and vindictive and mean. And, and it's kind of not done a lot these days. Um, I guess, besides, you know, um, you know, you know it's sort of that Arn and Tully style, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess anyone that sort of could play off that, we would probably do well with, I think. I think Jet and Tyson would have been a good match. Actually, that's, that's probably a good point. You, that, and, that is a good point. I think we really could have done some stuff with Jet and Tyson for sure.
4: And over in Adelaide, I'd like to have seen you run with the Perea if they were playing Babyface.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Anyone like that who's who's got some real fan following and we can oppress, I really would have enjoyed. I really would have enjoyed that that narrative. Um, yeah, the are are they're good good dudes too. They're really really good guys and they they got something special in their unique characters and Jet and Tyson. I'm actually kicking myself for not saying that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I should have. That's horrible of me. Um, yeah, I think we could. Have, I think we could have done some really cool stuff with them for sure. Yeah.
3: This period of baby faces in tag team. Uh, reminds me of uh, boy bands back in the nineties. There okay. seems to be an overabundance
1: of them. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, you know, like uh, maybe maybe it's a good time for us to come back. I don't know. Maybe maybe we, it's a good time for. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. The world but yeah, can always
3: I, do with good heels. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah,
1: there's uh, to be a heel today is challenging for a lot of people. So yeah, yeah I get that. We are... Uh,
3: Got a lot of questions, didn't we, from... Uh, we got a few in, yes. Yeah, and, and the one, and I think we've probably touched on this earlier, but the one that sort of really people kept on pumping was, when is MCW coming back?
1: Well, I don't feel that I'm 100% qualified to answer this question because, you know, I, I guess it's a question for Mikey J. But I will say, you know, I'm not going to get let myself get off the hook that easy, I guess. Um, it's it's really fluid situation. Um, the hard part for us is deciding what's best for the fans as far as because the reality is, you know, and it's a sad reality and you know, some people are going to grow when I say this, but the world's going to open up very slowly. So, you know, eventually we're going to be able to have 50 fans somewhere and then it's going to grow and 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 it's going to grow. So I know a lot of people have mentioned September, but by September it might only be a very small collective of people you're allowed to have. So the hard part is... You know, making that decision, and, and it's not saying we've made a decision that we're not going to do small shows. Um, it's not definitely not the way we're talking, but it's to make a decision whether you know people are used to seven hundred people or six hundred people in the Thornbury Theatre. You know, how does that change the dynamic and the perception and and the fan experience when you dilute that, that down? And and if we do, do, and if we do that, how can we make it still MCW and still special? So it. It's, it's a hard decision to make because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, um, there could be a second spike, but we've definitely got, I know that Mikey's definitely got thinking on the right lengths and got things in the mix. Um, but that's, to be truthful, that's the conversations that we've been having around, you know, we're not going to be able to walk back in September and walk into the Thornby Theatre and have 600, 700 people in there. It. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen until yeah. next year sometime. And that's, people and, have got to understand that, I guess. Yeah.
4: And Mikey's really big on, he's not going to do it until... He's 100 percent confident that it's going to be safe for not only the wrestlers but also the fans, which I think is the right
1: approach. That that is absolutely the right approach, and that's really to your point. That's number one. That's number one. So not only yeah looking at what the government says um, and going by their guidelines, but yeah to your point, you know we have a lot of fans that um, you know we have a lot of uh, groups that you know uh, come in that are you know from special schools and, and things like that. That, that might be and, and older older people and you know that might be considered higher risk um, and even people who have people like that in their families that might come to our shows we don't want to knowingly put them at risk either you know even if we, or enabling that to happen so there's a lot of those things to consider um, when you're when you're doing when you're doing anything physical or having a lot of people in the right area and it's the same when we're coming back to training we we're we're, we're we're very cautious of you know, affecting people, not just our, our members or trainees or the patrons, but their extended families and, and the people around them. You know, that'd be horrible if that happened.
3: So, Jay, if the government was to say, and this is a total hypothetical, if the government was sure. to say, end of July, you can have 500 people in a stadium, would you be confident in, that you could get a group of wrestlers together in six to eight weeks to put on a great MCW show? Seeing, knowing that they've been off for three or four months?
1: Given all the circumstances are right and we had the right precautions in place and we're doing everything we knowingly could, I would be confident that we could make that happen. I, I don't think that there's any question about that. Um, I guess it's just, a, uh, you know, like, if, if tomorrow they said that everything's cool, coronavirus is dead and everyone's got a vaccine and no one's, there's no chance of anyone getting coronavirus ever again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dead duck you know, I'm sure we could launch, a sh- we could, we could plan and have a show ready instantly. You know, um, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's not, that's not an issue. I guess that the, the biggest issue is just try and do the right thing. And, you know, like, like everybody in the world, in the entertainment industry or at, or at work or at home, you constantly, there's, there's no real hard lines on what's right and what's wrong. You've sort of got to use a lot of common sense. And the thing about common sense is it isn't common. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a hard one to navigate. Um, um, but I think, yeah, if everything went away and there was no risk, absolutely. Like, we could okay. do that straight away. And we'd be roaring to do it. And all the wrestlers would want it. Um, and everybody, I think the fans would want it too. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there's no question that that'll happen. It's just a matter of what's right morally yeah. and what's right legally and all those different things in the mix. Yep.
4: There's a question from Cracker Jack.
1: Uh, yeah, um, no who's the
4: best trainer at MCW Academy, and why is it Cracker Jack? It is Cracker Jack
1: because he is awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, I don't want to say. I don't want to say one person. Is that is that bad? I I want to say that. I want to say, I want to say that everybody is there because they play a role that's needed, um, and they all play that role the best at the MCW Academy. The Cracker Jack, I can't think of anybody better. You know, as crazy as that dude is, as, 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 uh, I don't know what the word is. As Cracker Jack as Cracker jackie is, there's a word. Because uh, I don't know any other way to describe him. You know, um, he's, there is no one better to learn from when it comes, when it comes to character, promo, um, um, understanding of how to, how to, how to ver- use words to verbally tell a story. Uh, he's an eloquent, thoughtful, intelligent psychopath. Um, yeah, he, he's the best at it. Um, so, you know, he, he, I think he's very good at what he does and I wouldn't have anybody else working with us to do that. Um, he has a beautiful has a, mind, doesn't he? he man, like, there's, there's a couple of people that you wouldn't know are very smart. Um, Crackerjack, you kind of know from the way he talks. But um, you know, if you know Mad Dog pretty well, um, yeah. that dude is a very smart guy, uh, very intelligent guy, um, crazy as shit. But you yeah, know, but like, he's
4: a deep thinker. He's
1: a great. He, he's a smart dude. Um, and I guess Necro Butcher is another one that people go, on oh, you know. But he's a very intelligent man. You know, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different people. It's like always that the deathmatch guys. Well, maybe it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> that maybe says maybe says something um, too smart for their own good. Um. But uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, Miami, Miami does her bit very well and, you know, she's qualified in, in um, a lot of um, skill sets around yoga and Pilates and and stretching and, and, and she does her bit well and plays a really good mother role at the MCW Academy, which is something that I, you know, I don't have, I'm not good at sometimes patting bums as much as I should be and, and people, you know, or I can be very intimidating as can as can as can Cracker Jack and Dowie. So she she picks up the pieces there and that's very important. Dowie's like that young brash um, cool uncle. And I guess I play that dad role and you know and and um, you know and, and you know, The Jack's crazy dad, uncle. The crazy uncle, you know, the crazy <laughs> you know, and and, and 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 together we're one happy family that sort of covers all the bases. So yeah, I, I don't have a favorite because I feel like with the strength is in numbers, and the strength is us together, and that's what makes MCW Academy what it is.
4: Well, I'm sure Miami is your favourite.
1: Obviously, she's my favourite <laughs> for other reasons. Yes, Jay, she'll, we always, thank she'll you. always be my favourite.
3: Yeah, Jay, we thank you so much for your time tonight. It Really, has been an insightful chat uh, into the mind of one of the, the good one of the great trainers of uh, Australian wrestling. Thank you so much for uh, giving us of your time freely tonight. We look forward to catching you very very soon hopefully all right thank you guys i appreciate it thanks Bye. Jay. Bye. jay andrews joining us here on the turnbuck Welcome back, part two of the show, the music of Charlotte Flair bringing us into the segment. We'll explain more of that in just a tick, but first of all, uh, great interview, boys. Jay Andrews, three years in the making, that one, and we finally got him over the line.
4: Yeah, he's been on the list, I reckon, every time we've made a, had a discussion about who we need to get, and finally we have uh, gotten him on, and I, I, I really enjoyed that thoroughly, so hopefully the listeners do too. Yeah. It'd be nice if you'd get his name right at the start, oh, Tony.
3: Mate, come on. I think it was, and I've thought about it, it was because I said Premier, Victorian, Trainer, and I shouldn't have but I stuffed it This myself getting up.
4: name wrong goes a long way back.
3: Well, it doesn't like, this yeah. program.
4: No, no, it goes further than that. Lyle, once upon yeah, a time, I was, well, I was at the cricket, and I forget what year it was, yeah. but it was over 20 years. It was about 20 years ago. Um, yeah. Tony was the voice of the G, which he still is, and yep. the West Indies were entering the arena. And um, I heard Tony on the on the voiceover say, "Here come the West Indies! This is Boxing Day, the biggest day of, in the cricket calendar. <laughs> Here come the West Indies, yep. led onto the field by their captain Brian Lara."
3: Which now, would be great. There's race. nothing
4: wrong with that. Yep. That would have been fine if it had been. Yeah, that seems fine to me. Because the captain oh, of the okay. West Indies was actually Jimmy Adams. And I uh, sent a panic text <laughs> to Tony, trying to let him know. What was the fallout of that, Tony?
3: oh, The, the worst part about it was, was that Jimmy Adams was just going through a shocking period. Everyone said he no, shouldn't have been captain. Run. He shouldn't be there. He wasn't making a run. Lara should be captain. So for me to say that, within half an hour of me saying that, the, uh, a couple of people from the marketing team of Cricket Australia, or the ACB at the time, came up. And made me aware of it. I already knew I was aware. I was already aware of it because of what Walshy had sent me. Uh, I had to send a letter of apology to Jimmy Adams, Brian Lara, the West Indian Brian cricket Lara. Team, what did you do wrong with him? The West Indian cricket team and the Australian Cricket Board. It featured the right one to every fan in the ground as well. It featured as the lead story on the Channel Ten <laughs> Sport that night.
0: So, if that if that was on the if that led into the sport on Channel it's Ten a slow news, day. it must have been a slow, slow <laughs> cricket day. That one, yeah, it was, was it. A slow. Yeah. The pitch wasn't doing much for sure. So, uh, how, how long did uh, Jimmy Adams keep the captain's? Before, I think about uh, another after that
3: time, but another two tests, I reckon, and then he was gone.
0: <laughs> oh, so you weren't you weren't far oh, off. You were just no. preempting. Where no, do I don't just, think just Lara
4: took over.
3: No, no, he didn't. No, correct. <laughs>
0: Oh, maybe the no, West Indies board it. heard you, Tony, and thought, "Hang on, Hang on Tony, maybe... on, on to
3: something." Oh no, I think they knew about it. Don't worry about that. I just, <laughs> I just preempted as you said.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so when people think you getting names wrong is a gimmick, Tony, this no, no, goes it back goes a long way. It
4: goes back a long way. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I've, been oh, on, I've been sitting on that story for quite a
0: while. Yeah. <laughs> the West Indies cricket captain. Yeah, oh, we, we can brilliant. we can go back How to. I've not heard that.
3: We can go back to 13 years ago on SEM when I call myself Tony Shimenki.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hang on—is that because you got some fake credit cards and you forgot which name no, you were using? No, I just said. You, so uh, I
3: said, "It's four o'clock in the afternoon, everyone. I'm Tony Shemenki. <laughs> <laughs> oh God.
4: <laughs> anyway, Tony, why was uh, Charlotte's music playing?
3: Oh, because I got to speak to her. As uh, you're Where, about to Hang hear. on,
4: hang on. You got to speak to her. What about us?
3: Well, because I've been to Chicago and I'm a part of that WWE clique now, having met people over yeah. there, they allow me the opportunity sometimes to speak to their people exclusively.
4: Well, this is good, though. Exclusively. You've, got the, you've got all the contacts with um, WWE, I've got the New Japan contacts. Lyle, what are you bringing to the table?
0: Um, I've got my own contacts. You better go so on the phone have to, to
3: Cody. And, and when I say exclusively, can I mean hey, exclusively daddy.
0: for me? Not us. Yeah, we got that. Oh, I got that at least, yeah. So, um, so no, let's I mean, have a listen to tough. what
3: Charlotte's got to say. Hey, Charlotte, thank you for joining us. Uh, A couple of questions for you. First of all, on the the history of NXT and and your history, I suppose, with it as well. Do you remember your time fondly from uh, way back when, when you first won your first NXT Women's title? Uh,
2: Actually, yes. I truly believe that if I had not had the NXT TakeOver match for the NXT Women's Championship against Natalia. Uh, that I would not be here today. I think that match put me on the map. I think it realized, it made me realize that I had what it take. I had what it took to make it in the WWE, and um, I think it brought eyeballs onto me in terms of I'm not just you know Flair's daughter. That. Uh, uh, I was actually a real talent that was willing to work hard and make a difference.
3: And are you enjoying being a part of NXT at this point in time and coming up against some uh, new fresh face wrestlers?
2: I've had the opportunity to face Lib before in Ruby Riot, and Chelsea. To be honest, what I'm having the most fun with is the empty arena element. It's, really been a learning experience and I've really taken it seriously to where how can I stand out as a performer w- with this circumstance and how do I improve with it and having the opportunity to work you know I'd, I've i worked with maybe twice now um have, seeing their growth and then just being able to be a part of every division Raw, Smackdown NXT um but what I've had the, honestly the most fun with is taking this challenge of the empty arena and standing out and elevating my work um, by growing through this, you know, circumstance.
3: <laughs> uh, there you go. Charlotte Flair having a chat to me about defending her NXT title this weekend. Yeah,
4: you've got against, a against Australia's own Maria Ripley. And my favourite, Io Shirai. What a, it should be a really good match.
3: Well, how do you think it's going to go?
4: Well, I'm hoping that when I hear this interview, you pronounced Io Shirai's name correctly because we did do some uh, elocution lessons we did. surrounding this, which um, I'm hoping have paid off. It has. Uh, it but did. I think, I think Charlotte might win, but um, it could go either way.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an NXT takeover. Is just really... Stepped up a level, hasn't it?
4: Uh, NXT well, has always yeah, been a good pay-per-view. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah I'm the really running looking... product is second to none. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with um, the pre-recorded match, which <laughs> it's escaped me who's in it at the moment. While you across that, I'm I stalling.
0: actually didn't know there was a... I didn't really know there was a pre-recorded match. I was going into uh, they were all live. I'm uh, I'm caught unawares on that as well. Um, is it a, is there a gimmick? What's what? Can you gimmick?
4: pause for a sec, Tony?
0: I can. Being now.
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the pre-recorded match, which is the uh, Cole versus Dream match, because um, so far. WWE have been really good with those
0: cinematic sort of matches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how, do, how, do you, how do you think that's going to go with um, obviously Cole, his uh, contracts coming up, and is this his way of losing dream. the title to Velveteen? Well, Velveteen um,
4: probably has to win, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't want to have that parameter on him that he can't get another the title shot, and maybe Cole moves up to the main roster so he can earn a. Earn a little bit more money, maybe with his new contract.
4: But um, all the matches look really, really solid.
0: There's not a there's not a weak match on there, which is usual for your NXT takeovers. Oh yeah, Keith Lee versus Gargano. Oh, that's juicy for the North American title. That's um, yeah, that and could steal the show. Gargano, um, yeah,
4: you you we all know that I love him, but uh, the Champa match versus um. Uh, what are they calling him now? What are they calling Killer Cross? Carrion Cross?
0: Uh, Carrion. Carrion yeah. Cross, yeah.
4: That that should be really good as well. You've got such a style difference and a size difference. I think that should be yep. a great match. And um, did you see Riddles going up to the main
1: roster?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so... Which is good because I think he's just um, charisma. Jumping out of the skin. Um... Hopefully they can get some crowd back to play along with some of his shtick. Uh, I did see that um, Kurt Angle was offered to manage and coach Riddle on the main roster, but he turned it down. Um, I think um, for someone like Riddle, it
4: it could be a big advantage to not have crowds for a while so that when um, the crowds come back, they're actually aware of his shtick and they're aware of how to react to it. I think that could be a bonus for him.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, they've got the NXT trainees as they're calling them in the crowd. They could teach the viewers at home how to react to some of these newer guys being called up.
4: It's weird how they keep calling them trainees. Like <laughs> some of those people have main evented like uh, NXT episodes, and they're calling them trainees, which is bizarre. It's like um, it's like when your your dorky dad like sees someone else doing something cool, like AEW, or having the the people in the crowd and they try to replicate it and they just pull off a half-assed job and it's really lame. Essentially, it's Lyle.
3: (laughs) Uh, Uh, Speaking of of people that have lost contracts, uh, your favorite wrestler, Rob Gronkowski, the former 24-7 champion, has lost his uh, spot with the WWE.
0: Yeah, that title will never be the same. But at least the title's got uh, his name. (laughs) to it for the lineage and stuff like that. So, it's you know, got everyone's name people. in the lineage. Yeah, but you know, Gronkowski is definitely uh, right up there. Uh, no, he, well, he's, he's gone from WWE to probably going to be working alongside the best heel in American sports, Tom Brady. So no, nah, he's you know, left the big, biggest heel in Bill Belichick. Yeah, Tom He's Brady will be right up. <laughs> Tom Brady has been called a cheat a fair few times as well. So yeah, maybe they're even that they were a good tag team and uh, they should have done the blow off a bit better. I thought the blow coming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh... yeah, interesting but, when um, they try and cheat against each other. Look,
4: our truths uh, obviously ended another ended ended the career of Gronkowski. So. Just a, another career highlight
0: for R Truth. What am uh, I'm I'm assuming he's gonna go down the he's gonna go down the Tampa Bay, he's gonna win a Super Bowl and uh, he'll be back in WWE for If he does win a Super Bowl, do you think that
4: R Truth will be able to roll him up and win it off him?
0: Uh <laughs> well Gronk does Is like that how Super party, Bowl's so like? there's gonna be oh well, finders keepers, whoever's got it, uh <laughs> Possession is nine tenths of the law, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, he's got enough already uh, after winning a super. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. But how many other people can say they've uh, won a Super Bowl and a twenty four seven champion? No, yeah. he's There's probably the only one. There.
3: Probably the only
4: one. Yeah. Hey guys, yeah, I received an email um, from an Uber driver. Yeah. Now, Lyle. Did you catch an Uber on Saturday?
2: It seemed uh, like no, something um, you
0: would do. Uh, not, not at this time, you know, practicing social distancing and stuff like that. And, you know, what am well, I going to for this? You no, are I'm me. Not too many you are places a disgrace, like Ron.
3: Well, you are a disgrace.
0: What, what are you talking about? I, where am I going to go to drink that I would require an Uber? I'm I'm staying at home. I have been out of
3: the house in nine No, no, you're lying to us totally because we know that restrictions have been lifted and you're allowed to go to friends' places and stuff like that. Let me read this letter and we'll get to the bottom of this.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good
3: morning. I was obviously saying
4: in the morning. My name is, I've redacted the name for privacy reasons. Smart. And I'm an Uber driver. We already knew that. I'm writing to complain about an encounter that I had last night with one of the hosts of your marvellous program. Thanks nice. for being there. There's a
0: listener and an Uber driver. That's good.
4: Are you sure it's not you,
0: Lyle? 100%. Hand on my heart. I haven't left the house. You weren't in Ascot Vale? And... Ascot Vale? I wouldn't even know where that was. I was going about my business Saturday
4: night when I had to pick someone up in Ascot Vale. A lovely lady got in the car and I thought I was in for a pleasant trip. Well, that's your wife, surely. Unfortunately. She is a lovely lady, yep. Her cretinist. Drunken buffoon of a husband gets into the car. You ignoring, are
3: a disgrace. Ignoring
4: Will. social distancing, wanting to hug me. Well, this is definitely mm. not me. You
3: and are. And introducing
4: disgrace. himself as Tony Shabek. So now
0: you're using my name as well. <laughs> hey, come on, hey, Tony. If anyone is going to full name introduce themselves to the people you. that don't know, it's you, Tony. T- Tony Shimek Well, what did you do? What, well,
4: you
3: tell me. Read the email. I'm...
4: I gave him the benefit of the doubt until he started talking about
3: cricket. I honestly can't remember. Mispronouncing
4: the name of every member of the Indian cricket team, including Sachin Tendulkar, despite the fact that I told him I don't like cricket. How did you pronounce I... it? Sachin Tendulkar. Is it
3: a
0: session? No. Oh. I don't know. Sachin Tendulkar. Donald Trump knows how to say it. <laughs> I told him I don't like cricket
4: and I'm not from India. I'm from Geelong. Tony. (laughs) To cut a long story short, he proceeded to projectile vomit in the car. My pride and joy, my tool of the trade. Out of the goodness of my heart, I continued to drive him home where he got out and left without saying a word, leaving his saint of a wife to try and clean the car as best she could.
3: Tony. Oh Lord. Yes. The Come
4: next on, day I You're saw he this. had left me a tip. Okay. This is getting better, which I was grateful okay. for. Well, I, looked I saw that it was 10, <laughs> $10 <Measley> bucks. 10 measly bucks. <laughs> it cost 50 to clean the car.
3: It was a $40 fare. Oh, so I, I gave him to get out
4: of the car where he vomited right outside. See the meats. Maybe the coronavirus <laughs> will give you something to vomit about. Uh, Tony Shebecky is the Darren Drozdov of wrestling podcasts
3: Uh, So that was a tirade on me and and I suppose fair enough too (laughs) Hang on, I want to get to the bottom of this How much of this is true?
0: No, all of it (laughs) <laughs> ta- 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 the the first weekend you're allowed out, you've gone and vomited in someone else's work vehicle. <laughs> oh, and 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 he listens to he listens to the podcast, Tony. So <laughs> I think he, Tony you're advertising made him, us. Tony probably made him put it on in the car. Uh, can He's I? Uh, we still got a, we still got a download out of it. That's if, a, if
3: Mr. <laughs> name That's if Mr. Name withheld due to protecting the innocent is listening. Uh, can I? Wholeheartedly apologize as I believe I tried to do when I got out of your Uber at my place on Saturday night to the stench of what was <laughs> half a bottle of Japanese 50% proof whiskey and a lot of salami and cheese and olives and stuff like that. It was, <laughs> was your wife still talking to you? Now? Well. It could be the reason why she hasn't really said too much in the last few days because she, I, I hopped out of the Uber and I just profusely, I just said to him, I'm so sorry. You legged
4: it for the door.
3: Now, I didn't know that Geelong spoke a different language other than English because this guy was on the phone to someone and he was, I couldn't understand what he was saying, but I knew that it wasn't good. And it was, let's a, face it, Tony,
4: after drinking that much Japanese whiskey, it he probably sounded, couldn't understand what you were saying either. It all sounded
3: Greek to me. <laughs> you're probably right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I've
0: embarrassed the show. Oh, you let yeah. yourself <laughs> well, down
3: mostly.
0: I, so so you knew this was coming, Tony, and you're still trying to handball it off <laughs> Oh, no, me. I, okay. I didn't know it was coming. So you, knew, you knew it was you. You knew it was you. As soon as the email started off with Uber, you knew, Tony. Well... I mean, it could you could have all both right. had done it on the
4: weekend? I guess
3: Uber Saturday night Ascot Vale was a fair giveaway. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the fact right. that Lyle doesn't it's know right.
4: where Ascot Vale is troubles me as well.
0: <laughs> wow. But Tony doesn't remember where it is now.
3: No, I, I can't remember. Um, honestly, cannot so
0: remember it, what I did. Did did they did they send an extra bill for the? No, and that was the amazing
3: thing. Stuff? I actually got
0: an email I actually got an email
3: from Uber the next day saying we have credited your account with ten dollars. We charged we quoted you forty seven, but because you went a different route, we brought it back to thirty-seven. So I thought, oh, there's a ten buck difference. That'll be the tip for the bloke. That's what I gave him. <laughs> he took a different route because he couldn't have his head out the window so he couldn't <laughs> breathe from his mouth. Know, but well she that, that email is one hundred percent spot on. It was two kilometers from my house. And it was so, literally right out the front of Cedar Meats.
4: Oh, God. Yeah.
3: On Old Geelong Road. It was just <laughs> this is what we're dealing with. Um, oh, my God.
4: Uh, move along. Uh,
3: oh. I'm glad yeah. we did this before yeah. I spoke oh. to Charlotte. Uh, Gino Gambino <laughs> and Jessica Troy are raising money for a very, very worthy cause.
0: Yeah, Aboriginal uh, Legal Services in their... Respective states, you know, Gino donating to the Victorian uh, branch and Jessica Troy, the New South Wales and ACT uh, branch, through wrestle merch for Jessica Troy and pro wrestling tees for Gino. Their their profits for the next month will be going to uh, so those Gino's services. is till
4: the end of the year.
0: Um, is to the end of the year? Oh, yeah. Uh, anything
4: yeah. you bought anything bought through um pro wrestling tees he'll donate
1: uh, um, that money
4: and <laughs> um but yeah that's good and Jessica Troy um has jumped on as well and anything she sells through wrestle merch and she's trying to do more too so she's any any 8 by 10 she sells she's also going to um kick that in as well which um, it's fantastic to hear
3: so yeah, I'm not going to do yes. a tirade or a cancel or anything because I'm in no position to do that after what's just been revealed on me. What I do want to say is, is that it's fantastic that these guys have actually put some action behind their words. A lot of people out there are putting black screens up on Facebook and Instagram and the like and that's great because it's an acknowledgement of what's happening but that's all they're doing. These guys have just gone that little bit further and actually actioned something behind their words and I think that's fantastic and they need to be really credited for it.
4: Yeah, and I've seen a couple of people already jump on and buy the merch um, as a direct um, as a direct action as soon as these were posted. Yeah. So it's um it is taking effect, which is good to see.
3: Fantastic. All yeah, right, definitely. let's go to our AEW NXT review for this week. What did you watch today, boys?
0: I've watched NXT. This is a little bit of a strange one. Obviously, they've got the uh, cruiserweight. Tournament final. Oh, yeah. He um, won. Well, you know, it was um, Drake Maverick ended up winning. So you know, he kept his job. That's but,
4: amazing.
2: He's yeah, strange, fighting, so,
0: he was fighting to keep his job. Yeah, well, he was saying, you know, the next time he loses, basically, he's going to be without a job. And he, you know, did that. Heartfelt video and and stuff like that, obviously losing his dream yeah. job and so it was you know, it a work so no, he won it, it was the
4: work that he got fired well
0: I'm not hundred percent sure, but you know obviously they did a big celebration. William Regal came down and you know raised his arm and put the uh, Cruiserweight title around his waist, so it was all well and good, you know a bit of a feel good moment and oh,
2: then, that's
0: really uh, good. I'm happy about that yeah, it turns out turns out really quick though. uh Ooh, Mark Carano, I'm not sure if you. No, 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 no. He didn't get rolled up. Um, Mark Carano. I'm not sure if you know who he is. He's senior director of talent relations. for WWE.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah, I know him very well. So
0: he's he's come down. Um, he stripped Drake of the title because he's uh, not under contract, so he can't defend it. Um, William Regal standing there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, no idea what's anyway. going on. And, yeah, so they they fired him anyway, stripped him of the title. It's oh, goodness. One of the shortest reigns in history, and uh, did he get passed on the next rain? week's show? Was... And, uh, so, well, do another yeah, tournament up next. Another tournament starting next week, I'm assuming. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, really um, weird, Tony. Really that weird. That was
3: a, that was a shorter reign than the Gronk. Well, the Gronk had it well, for a
0: while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, honest. well. It's very may, good maybe me, you maybe like, go, may, like maybe he goes out on the Indies and says he's the real cruiserweight champion with his own. Blue well, he won't white be able up. to be called
4: Drake. No. He won't be called Drake Maverick, that's for sure.
0: He
3: can, uh Ah, yeah. he's, he's part of the lineage. Lineage. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, uh, that's a word. <laughs> I think. <laughs> is it? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, is there? Is it true, guys, that there's been some hints around that? Uh, there could be some more WWE wrestlers released.
4: No, the hints are Impact were hinting that some of their release guys from WWE are going to turn up at Slammiversary. Oh. So they um, posted some graphics that uh, I think they basically linked just about every release wrestler, including Jake Fabric. <laughs> um,
0: well, yeah, you could uh, be the X Bulgarian flag champion.
4: Was shown. Um, uh, I think Gallows and Anderson, EC3, um, Eric Young. So basically, uh, and also I think Kurt Hawkins. So they're basically teasing all those guys, um, yeah. basically telling you that anyone could turn up at some anniversary. So might be worth watching. It's, it's smart.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's very smarter, smart. Uh, very, very good ploy. You know, like EC3, Drake, um, yeah, they've worked the. TNA well, they made their names there and the they pass. had really good runs there. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, no-brainer for those guys to go back. Um, if they are. I mean, see t- the Bulgarian... Wouldn't, I wouldn't put a past
4: Impact just showing their pictures and then they don't turn up.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> There's always that chance. Or it's going to be some random that we don't know. You know it's going to be a letdown. Uh, yeah.
4: Have you ever lost to them it in job matches?
3: Yeah. If you've got an idea for a podcast, contact my podcast house or on the Turnbuckle through our Facebook pages. We'll get you on air. We'd love to have you as part of the team. Tune in next week when we speak to... To be confirmed. TBC, one of the great Scottish wrestlers to come at this time. (laughs)
0: I'm still waiting to get him on the show,
3: actually. I know you are.
0: Uh, Catch you next week, boys.
3: Bye, Tony. Thanks for tuning in, yeah, folks. We'll catch strikes. you next
0: week as well. I am. I
3: totally wear that. Oh, well, I did. I did. Actually wear it. I did. Well, I,
4: I think Rowena
3: probably wore it. She did have some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. And, uh, and the worst part is she didn't know until the next morning.
0: Oh. Oh. <laughs> are we still recording? Yes, <laughs> yes we are.
3: <laughs> Bye.
4: I'll see you later.